Muli Bungie Kusan Gervasi. This is the Rorschach Malawi update from Thursday, the 30th of September 2021, with 10 minutes or so of the big doings in Malawi. First up, 326,400 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine arrived in the country through Kamuzu International Airport on Saturday, the 25th. They were bought by Germany and France through the COVAX facility. The Ministry of Health announced last Wednesday that the country would receive three batches of COVID vaccines in September and October. This then marks the first batch as the country awaits another batch, the AstraZeneca vaccine, and one last batch of the Pfizer vaccine. On the flip side, 27,000 doses of donated COVID vaccines are set to expire in Malawi due to low uptake in the country. Furthermore, the Nation newspaper reported that apart from the 27 doses, a further 45,000 doses of the Johnson Johnson vaccine will expire in December this year. Speaking during a media engagement, Ministry of Health's routine immunization officer, Temwa Mgeza, the, the vaccines expected to administer the vaccine soon after arrival have instead been met with low uptake, although the figures are slowly picking up. The Ministry of Health projected and current stock could be depleted if Malawi vaccinates between 6,000 and 8,000 people every day. The country, however, is vaccinating only 2,000 people a day. Ministry said that although it has introduced strategies such as door-to-door vaccinations to combat the low uptake, there's still negative attitudes and misinformation about the vaccines. Earlier this year, Malawi destroyed 19,000 doses of vaccines due to a low response rate. Malawi's target is to vaccinate 11 million people, but has thus far only fully vaccinated half a million people with over 1 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines having been administered in the country. This comes after Presidential Task Force on COVID-19 agreed to review and consider increased numbers of people in stadiums and subject to vaccination status of the attendees. This came following a request from Super League of Malawi, Sulom, asking the task force to increase the number of football fans in stadiums. Task force reached an agreement with Sulom to put measures in and to allow football fans that receive their vaccinations to watch live games. In other news, Malawi Energy Regulatory Authority, MERA, would like to assure the general public that there are sufficient fuel stocks in the country. It has stated there is a total of 22 million liters of petrol and 32 million liters of diesel, respectively, and that these volumes translate to 28 days stock cover and 54 days stock cover for petrol and diesel, respectively. Meanwhile, Meta stated that the authorities are making every effort to address the fuel stocks being experienced at some retail stations running out that have been caused by the driver strike. Meta, therefore, is appealing to the general public to refrain from panic buying fuel. Furthermore, it has warned fuel retail stations from hoarding fuel, citing that this is a prohibited act and that MANA will apply stiff penalties to any retail station found to engage in such malpractice. It has since advised the general public to report any suspected fuel hoarding on its website and social media pages. The driver strike in question is one where the Professional Drivers Union and Truck Drivers Association in the northern region on Wednesday the 29th joined hands in holding peaceful demonstrations which were initiated by the Truck Drivers Association in Lilongwe and Blandhire. The drivers are demanding that the government fulfill their agreement that the least paid truck driver would be receiving a salary of about 140,000 kwacha per month, which is approximately 171 U.S. dollars per month. Drivers from the northern region are preventing all trucks from passing through Lubinga Industrial to the main Mzuzu City streets, while those from the southern region city of Blantyre are holding their vigil in Kameza. 
Truck Owners Under Transporters Association of Malawi later joined the ongoing truck driver's strike. The Fuel Transporters Association of Malawi executive member Shiraz Omar said that they had resolved to pull its entire fleet from the road. Among others, they're demanding that the government should come up with deliberate policies to protect them, pointing out that it should stop giving the majority of transportation contracts to foreign transporters. Truck drivers have been on strike for four days now. Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office, FCDO, annual report of the UK shows that the United Kingdom has cut aid to Malawi by more than 50% from 57 billion kwacha per annum, which is about 50 2 million pounds to 28 billion kwacha, which is about 25 million pounds. This follows a decision by the UK earlier this year to cut spending on foreign aid by reducing its annual aid budget line from 0.7% to 0.5% of the national budget, with the difference between the two figures being around 4 billion pounds. Ministry of Finance's spokesperson, Williams Banda said on Tuesday the 28th that such decisions were outside Malawi's control, adding that, quote, because of the cut in aid, Malawi will adjust its programming to take into account this reduction, either by stopping some programs altogether or by finding other partners to support the programs, end quote. The UK aid Malawi is largely managed by the FCDO, and the scaling down of foreign assistance is likely to impact Malawians who were benefiting from UK aid projects. National Planning Commission, NPC, government entity entrusted to oversee framing and implementation of long-term development plans, however, believes this could be a wake-up call for Malawi to stop relying on donor aid. NPC communications specialist Tom Kanje said Malawi could be positioned to move towards self-reliance, adding that, quote, this can also be a blessing in disguise as Malawi has got a lot of potential in terms of revenue generation and commodity production, end Quote. Speaking of potential, let's look at Malawi's tourism and a good bit of news received by government officials this week. It was announced that the country had secured 800,000 U.S. dollars, which is about 660 million kwacha from the African Development Bank to help propel growth of the tourism sector in the country. The monies will be used for matching grants by small-scale players, hospitality, and tourism industries to help cushion beneficiaries from possible effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and help them take a step towards recovery. Making the announcement in Lilongwe on Monday the 27th, the commemoration of World Tourism Day, Minister of Tourism and Culture Michael Usi said the grants would benefit 50 micro, small, and medium tourist enterprises which are struggling to access finance to enhance their competitiveness. He added that the ministry is putting in place policies to ensure that local communities directly participate in the tourism value chain rather than operate on the peripherals of the tourism industry. Disbursement of the matching grant would commence next month. Tourism sector is one of the hardest hit, where in 2020 alone, over 300,000 people lost their jobs. This comes after the country recently introduced a strategic tourism marketing framework, a five-year strategy for marketing the country to the world to increase tourist inflow. Blueprint redefines Malawi's tourism production lines in the scope of lake experience, nature experience, wildlife experience, culture, and experience mice. Guess that means the roasted mice on sticks at inner city bus stops, in part, It encompasses the country's diversity of landscape, including tea estates, forest reserves, streams, waterfalls, mountains, and plateaus, and also sells Malawi's cultural practices and cultural village setup to give tourists a feel of typical village life. This year's World Tourism Day was commemorated 
under the theme Tourism for Inclusive Growth. The most recent figure shows the sector currently supports only 3% of employment in Georgia, creating about 230,000 jobs. Officials, however, believe that the sector has the potential to become the country's top foreign exchange earner with potential of contributing heavily towards national economic development. In more development news, Congo Resources has commenced a major geotechnical drilling and pitting program at its Songwe Hill project in Palombe District looking for rare industrial minerals. A statement from the country confirms that Congo's management team, along with Malawian geotechnical engineering firm Geoconsult Limited, South African-based geotechnical engineering firm Zutati Limited, are on the site for the work. Part of the statement reads, the geotechnical samples are being tested and investigated in Malawi at the Geoconsult Limited Laboratories in Lilongwe and provide detailed geotechnical information required to finalize detailed engineering plans prior to the completion of the definitive feasibility study in the first quarter of 2022. During the exercise, approximately 155-meter deep pits and 22 22-meter hole drill holes will be dug into to obtain samples that would confirm the soil and ground characteristics of the Songwe Hill project area. Meanwhile, Macongo Resources President Alexander Lemon said the firm is promoting community participation in the project, citing the geotechnical investigation program is currently employing and training over 120 local Malawian skilled and unskilled personnel. The company's corporate strategy is to develop new sustainable primary and secondary sources of neodymium, prosodinium, dysporcium, and terbium to satisfy demand for critical materials required for electric vehicles, wind turbines, and other clean technologies. With new infrastructure developments currently underway in Malawi, prospects of the project's success are boosted by what the company describes as Malawi's stable democracy, as well as existing road, rail, and power infrastructure. Apart from Songwe Hills Project, Makongo has an extensive exploration portfolio in Malawi, including the Chinji Rutile Project, the Tambani Uranium Tantalum Niobium Zircon Project, and the Chimbimbe Nickel Cobalt Project. Competition and Fair Trading Commission, CFTC, announced during a press briefing on Wednesday the 29th that one of Malawi's three largest telecommunications companies, Airtel Malawi, has been fined 2.1 billion kwacha for failing to pay kete kete bonuses to customers who qualified for them. This equates to approximately 2.6 million U.S. dollars. Airtel promotes the kete kete bonus facility where it rewards customers every time they spend 1,000 kwacha on voice calls or data. Upon receiving several complaints from customers that they had not received their bonuses after using 1,000 kwacha, CFTC's acting executive director, Apoche Itimu, said the commission launched an investigation on the 16th of September 2021, where they found that Airtel had stopped automatically crediting customer accounts with monthly bonuses. Instead, it was alleged that customers were required to apply for the redemption of their bonuses on the 14th of every month. Consequently, however, for whatever reason, if they did not redeem their bonuses, they forfeited them. This forfeiture of bonuses worked to the advantage of Airtel, which made a financial gain of 2.1 billion kwacha. The commission therefore ordered Airtel to pay a fine of 2.1 billion kwacha, the amount representing Airtel's gain generated from the offense, for engaging in unconscionable conduct in the trade of goods and services. A lot of the citizenry has rejoiced at the penalty, and most of them bemoaning Airtel's bad services, which include, among other things, high data costs and bad customer service. Moving on, President Lazarus Chacuera has said that there's need for the country to go digital to fight crime, including corruption in public institutions. Having observed that, that digital technology has the potential to accelerate socioeconomic development in Malawi, 
president has also said digital technology could help families in the country benefit from social cash transfers, affordable inputs program, AIP, and other government interventions. He said this in Lilongwe on Tuesday the 28th when he officially opened the ICT Expo which was organized by the ITC Association of Malawi. He since directed the Ministry of Information to work with the Ministries of Justice and Trade to make amendments to the Companies Act to establish a functional and digitalized beneficial ownership registry to avoid abuse and monopoly of the procurement system. In turn, ICTAM President Bram Funzulani called for the government to support ICT innovation partly by ensuring that they too benefit from the recently gazetted small and medium enterprises order that enables them to have a reserve space of supplying goods and services to the government. He said COVID had also increased the demand for ICT services as evidenced by the use of virtual meeting packages, which were also adopted by Parliament. Nevertheless, Futsulani called on the government to reduce costs of data to make it accessible by an increased number of Malawians. In response to this, Information Minister Gospel Kazako assured that the government was doing everything possible to ensure the data prices were reduced, adding that there is a need to increase the number of telecom companies to increase competition. Commenting on the same, National Planning Commission Director General Thomas Muntali said usage taxes and levies accounted for approximately 26% of the data price. Just a few months ago, Malawians took to social media to demonstrate against high data prices under a movement called data must fail, hashtag data must fail. Research has shown that Malawi is among the countries with the highest data charges, a finding that shocked and frustrated the citizenry. Local telecommunications companies and others involved parties are yet to act on the call. And finally, Malawi Police Services is reminding revelers headed for the much-anticipated Sand Music Festival in Mangochi to be security conscious. The annual festival will run from Friday the 1st through Sunday the 3rd of October 2021 at Sunbird and Coppola Lounge in the Lakeshore District. Due to this, the MPS has warned festival goers against drinking and driving, over speeding, careless overtaking to and from the event. It has further reminded festival goers to put on life jackets when swimming and has requested that hotel and lodge owners strictly provide enough stewards and rescue teams. In addition to that, the MPS has discouraged the tendency of giving live updates of their movements on social media, saying that the criminals might use this information to their advantage. Parents and guardians have been warned against allowing children below the age of 18 to attend the festival. On their part, the MPS said that it has rolled out intensive day and night patrols to snap roadblocks to ensure safety and security at the venue event. This year's Sand Music Festival has performances from international artists such as Makadze from South Africa, Mr. P of the P-Square from Nigeria, and Morgan Heritage from Jamaica. Festival is known as one of one that celebrates culture of music and art. That's it for this week. If you like the show, share it, subscribe for more. We'd appreciate a review. Tell us your thoughts, ideas, where you are, and how you found out about us at podcast at Rorschach.com. Tiona na.